the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet of Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dreams are fascinating. According to sleep experts, our dreams can serve a variety of purposes, everything from helping us process our emotions or recent events to just incidental brain activity that has no real purpose or meaning. Most people dream around two hours per night, but with rare exceptions, for as vivid as some dreams might feel in the moment, we don't actually remember our dreams for very long, or at least not very many of them. For those who do remember their dreams, there are entire fields of psychology dedicated to interpreting dreams, with practitioners claim, who claim can be filled with deep meaning. Beyond sleep, dreams play a pivotal role in our waking imaginations, too. Dreams can be our visions for a better future, as Martin Luther King Jr., whom we commemorated last week, famously reminds us. In some cases, when the dream seems unattainable, skeptics are quick to dismiss any possibility of the dream coming true. Keep dreaming. Translation, it's never going to happen. But sometimes, the dream does happen. The season of Epiphany, as its name suggests, is a season of manifestation and unveiling. Something new is being revealed to God's people. Put simply, the birth of Jesus discloses the dream of God, which prompts the question, what is God's dream? Well, we know that God's people are dreamers. In the earliest biblical stories, dreams become the catalyst for salvation and reconciliation. Take Joseph, for instance, who dreams of greatness, which in turn spurs the jealousy and resentment of his brothers who sell him into slavery. 
From prison, Joseph interprets the dreams of others, including the Pharaoh, and thus reversing Joseph's fortune and elevating him to a position of tremendous authority, ultimately enabling the people's survival during the time of famine and the reconciliation of Joseph with his family. And then another Joseph, so many years later, dreams of the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, and a baby who will save God's people. In subsequent dreams, Joseph is given instructions for securing the safety of his family amid Herod's murderous threats. The Magi, too, dream, and in dreaming, they participate in the story of God's salvation by ensuring the safety of the Holy Family they have come to visit. In Matthew's Gospel, the birth of Jesus is preceded by dreams. And as the adult Jesus begins his ministry, he begins by announcing God's dream for all. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he goes on to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to heal the sick, and to embody and live the dream of God with us through his preaching and teaching and healing. God's dream begins with a people who dream, and Jesus calls his disciples to follow him and to live the dream with him. Which prompts another question. What does this dream look like for us today, here and now in Glenview, in the year of our Lord, 2023? Well, our mission and vision statements are a good place to start. Fed by the spirits. I should ask you to fill in the blank. It's printed in the bulletin every week. We share God's love revealed in Christ with the world. And we go on to state our commitments to fully including every child of God, gathering for worship, celebration of the sacraments and study of God's word, fostering caring relationships within our congregation and community, and serving as God's hands and voice in the world. At its best, the early Christian community similarly captures what living God's dream looks like. As one writer summarizes, they were known for their social generosity, care for the weak instead of privileges for the powerful, love instead of hate, peace instead of violence, inclusion rather than exclusion, generosity rather than greed, doing justice and loving kindness. It's a bold vision when we dare to dream and to make God's dream our reality on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes, though, God's dream gets interrupted by our humanness, our tendency to exert control, to assert that we know what's best, to try to get our own way. Theologically speaking, we call those moments sin, which Martin Luther described as being curved in on ourselves. Such moments cause us to focus inwardly and so intensely on ourselves that we start to overlook those around us. And when we overlook those around us, we stray from following the way of Jesus who calls us, and we forget God's dream entirely. In Jesus, God's dream has been born, and Jesus himself makes the announcement, the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
but not before a directive to repent. Living God's dream begins with repentance, and we who are humanly imperfect are in constant need of repentance. Not in the sense of feeling bad or remorseful, though maybe sometimes that's a part of it, but in the sense of changing directions and altering our way of thinking. That's what the word repent means here. The good news is that the church has only gotten better in its most critical moments of repentance, of changing directions, altering its way of thinking, and making room for the new thing that God is doing. This morning, just a couple of hours ago, halfway across the world from us, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Jordan and the Holy Land made history by ordaining Sally Azar as the first female Palestinian pastor in their church body. The ordination of the first woman in Palestine is no accident, reflects our own presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, herself the first woman to hold her office. It is the result of prayerful discernment, theological reflection, and concerted efforts. It wasn't all that long ago when our own Lutheran church bodies in North America celebrated their own firsts, ordaining the first women Lutheran pastors to the ministry of word and sacrament just over 50 years ago. Their ordinations didn't happen by accident either, but were the result of prayerful and deliberate and persistent efforts and a dream that the church can and does change for the better. And how much better indeed the church has been when we draw the circle ever wider to include more and more people in the work that God has already called each of us to do. This is what repentance as followers of Jesus looks like when we who are humanly imperfect dare to change our way of thinking and indeed dare to dream God's dream for us and to make that dream a reality for all of God's people. The church is called to keep dreaming, even when the dream seems unattainable, even when the skeptics, who are sometimes ourselves, are quick to dismiss the dream. Because sometimes the dream does happen. And in Jesus, God's dream has happened and is happening. The kingdom of God still is coming near. We too, the people of St. Philip, are called to keep dreaming. God's dream lived out in our ministry is not a one-and-done mission statement or an isolated service project. God's dream is a way of life that continually urges us to repentance, to change, to adapt, and to witness to the love of God revealed in Christ in new and bold ways, here and now. Hold fast to dreams, the poet Langston Hughes urges us. Keep dreaming, keep imagining, keep listening to the whisper of the spirits, and keep striving after the way of Jesus who calls us to drop our nets and follow him. Live the dream. Live God's dream. The kingdom of heaven is near.